Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and today we're going to answer some of your questions. You guys have been great about sending us topic suggestions, and a lot of those are are in the context of what's going on with your own cats, which is wonderful. And I and we've had some really great ones lately. And I just I want to share that with our audiences. I think they're fun stories, and I think that people can learn from them, you know, in real life situations. So Dewey's here with us also today. Hello, Dewey. Hello, everyone. Hello, my beautiful wife. And to all of you out there in the big cat world, we're ready to listen to some of these questions and uh, get some great answers. Yeah. And uh, Dewey hasn't read these or or seen these yet. So these are going to be a surprise for him. I thought it'd be fun to kind of get his his input as well and so today you're going to meet a a wild child cat named steve who's super high energy and very intelligent and uh, very intense and and interesting i think you'll like steve and then we will we'll talk a little bit about organic cat foods and treats and uh, we'll get you'll get to meet lucy and kato from austria lucy's an escapee and that will also cover you know, how cats kind of suddenly change behaviors. And if we get time, um, there's also one that, that was sent about what to do if your cat, you know, stops eating or eats part of her food and, and is still hungry. So those are kind of some of the things we're going we're gonna to touch on today. So I want to talk about Steve. Steve, this is, this is a really great email sent in by Jessica. And Jessica says... I've had cats all my life, but I've never had a Steve. Steve has pushed me to listen to your podcast, read Jackson Galaxy's books, and search for answers. If a cat could be ADHD, it would be Steve. He's busy all the time. We have childproof locks on everything, including the fridge and freezer, because he opens everything, and I mean everything. He just turned three. He's not mean or aggressive. He's just busy. I work from home, and for most part, both of our cats, Charlie and Steve, are great. But as soon as my wife gets home, trouble begins. I pray play with him and have moved them to meals. He's not motivated by food at all. He's constantly trying to get negative attention. We've tried to ignore him, shredding the furniture and knocking down things that he shouldn't be playing with. We've added scratching posts and redirect to appropriate toys. He also has started acting up in the early morning to get us out of bed. He'll eat papers on my desk, important papers, and we'll tear up files and such. Working from home, I can't always put everything out of his reach because he gets into everything. Oh, and he shredded the carpet by the door when locked out of a room. And of course, no one, even guests, can pee without him breaking into the bathroom to assist. I'm not sure how to get him to stop these antics. Our vet says he's super intelligent, 
Perhaps all of our other cats were just very dumb. We love him, but he's a handful. He's quite the social media following due to his crazy behaviors. Everyone loves him. He's even in the best of show for our local shelter. We hope he's the first cat to win. He's full of personality. We just wish we were he were able to use his powers for good. I'd love to have some ways to get him to not tear up our belongings and shred our furniture on a regular basis. Ignoring him is super hard. Any suggestions? And so, and and just sent along a picture. Uh, and of course, no, to no surprise, Steve is orange. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is it about those orange kitties that uh, that they're always like that? I know Pico is like that. <clears throat> this morning it was running just crazily uh, from one end of the house to the other. And, you know, he's been kind of jumping up. And I think he was after your breakfast this morning. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he was. He was after the, yeah, he's it was after bad. the butter. On my uh, on my English muffin, and and as we started the show, he's up in your little cubby with all your little things and, and your man <laughs> grooming things, and I'm oh, sure some it. of those are going to get knocked on the floor. <laughs> wow! So, what do you do with uh, somebody that has a kitty as a not, I want to say aggressive, but um, active as <laughs> as wild. As, as wild as, as these are, but you know, I'm really kind of intrigued also to uh, understand <clears throat> their little best in show thing. What is that about? I don't know. You know, I didn't look that up, but she didn't mention which uh, which shelf shelter that was. But um, how how cool is that? It sounds that like he cool. he might win. And speaking of orange troublemakers, ours is staring at me right now, so there is no telling what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> he may and, take over the show. Right. And, and you know, I kind of like these. I mean, orange cats are usually pretty laid back, but they're also typically very smart and very sensitive to cause and effect is kind of what I call it. Like they are they just they watch things and they know what buttons to push. Right. Yeah. They yeah. they're and, and it does make I think it makes them more smart, you know, because they they connect the dots better than other cats and for some reason they do and and i shouldn't just say this is just orange cats because clearly there are cats of all colors that behave this way but it it seems the young orange boys are are often like this and uh, so what i recommended that she do first off is this is an amazing opportunity to click or train this cat right it's an additional you know, outlet for a lot of pent up energy. And when cats are super smart like that and and obviously very dexterous to open up things, this cat's just primed to to do all kinds of behaviors. These are the kinds of cats that the um, the cat circus ladies go around and look for, you know, because it's a blank canvas for teaching behaviors. And they usually, you know, they they want attention, clearly. And uh, and they'll they'll perform for attention a lot of times. And, you know, when she says he's not food motivated, I always think that's just because we haven't found the right food yet. I always recommend everybody try, of course, Lick and Lap. The Vitacraft makes, you know, the most amazing. It's called Lick and Lap. Lick and Lap snack i call it lick and lap crack because cats just seem to <laughs> that be... stuff has been working for you really good and i tell you anybody that's thinking about it uh doing some training you should get some of that for sure 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and so I, uh, anyway, I first, you know, want told her to get, get some of that and get some, get some shaved Turkey. Also, sometimes that gets them some cats, it's tuna, but something that's real special that they don't get regularly. Cause you, you do want to have food motivation on, you know, in your arsenal of things. And, and you know what, the other thing I told her was since he is so high energy and adventurous, I said, harness and leash train him and, and take him on walks. You know, um, we sell a really great yeah. harness on our store. That's easy to put on a little Velcro jacket type thing. And, um, you know, and if he's, if he's even comfortable in car rides, take him on little local errands with you and into stores and visiting friends and things like that. He, he may be a cat that's comfortable outside of his territory and he may not, but that's certainly worth a try. At, at least you can take him out in the yard and on the front porch because that's a, a good way to also redirect some of that energy. Yes. You know, I, I have seen you work really well with those types of cats and I think, you know, getting on a leash and letting them go outside and a long leash, uh, to a certain extent, I think really works out well because I know Pico, when he goes outside, he loves to, you know, climb things and he loves to, you know, hunt things and he feels like he's out there. He loves going outside. I think that's really a, a good thing once that uh, kitty starts doing what has been described here, um, sending, put him outside on a leash and let him let him go run around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only if they're comfortable. You know, a lot of cats aren't comfortable with that but um this one sounds like he might be and a catio of course you know i i don't know what their living situation is but certainly building a catio that they can go out to whenever they want you know like pico goes out into his catio and you can just hear him bouncing off the walls and running down his cat yeah. <laughs> walk and you know it's clearly it's a really good place for him to go outside and burn off energy and be uh, entertained with the natural cat TV going on out there because we have bird feed and water where birds take baths and bunnies come up and eat and things like that. And he loves, loves, loves watching all that. Yeah, you know, we uh, we see him oftentimes in the catio. We have an upper deck, uh, essentially, that runs along the entire length of the catio. So and then he's got the ground area that he can look through, but he also has this cat tree that he runs up and down to get on both sides of that thing. So he's either on the top or on the bottom, and he uses that cat tree to kind of go up and down. Yeah. You know, another thing I told her, since there seems to be a trigger, a timing trigger for when the wife gets home, I said, shift one of those meals to right before when she walks in the door, because when cats have full bellies, it does tend to calm them down a bit. And then I also told her, you know, get get a food timer and set it up to open at about 3.30 in the morning. And then, you know, that that will hopefully give him food in the middle of the night and again, calm him down and have him not be quite so excited for them to get up and, and feed him. Yeah, you know, I think oftentimes we have that nighttime fever feeder, and I don't think Pico eats everything. He kind of nibbles at it a little bit through the night, and then early morning he'll go in there and eat the rest of what's left over, 
and then run around a little bit while we're still sleeping and then come in, you know, about an hour or so before we wake up and he settles in and snuggles up and wakes up with us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another thing I suggested was food puzzles because this guy is so smart, you know, giving him problems to solve constantly is a good thing. Now you're going to have to buy five or six different ones and rotate them out daily because once they kind of figure it out and they don't really forget, like I put the food puzzles out for Pico now and, you know, within 15 seconds, he has every little compartment found out and emptied, but, but at least it gives him something to forage for and focus on and, and that kind of thing. So that's another thing I would have her do, but th- this cat sounds like a riot and and a very very fun cat. Even though I get that these annoying little attention seeking behaviors can become a real pain in the neck. Yeah, you know, and we had that um, with Tabasco, where he would in the middle of the night claw up the bed, and you know he would jump all over, or you know get up on the bed and basically walk on our legs, and it seems like he knows exactly where to walk to wake you up. You know. And uh, when you came up with that food timer and at three o'clock it would go off and he would eat. We didn't have that anymore. So that overnight food timer is a success, I think. Yeah. You know what we forgot? What's that? We forgot to start the show with a bonding tip. Oh, my goodness. We better do that. I know. What is you, the bonding tip? <laughs> you always remind me and, and, and yeah. we totally forgot. Well, this yeah. is time to insert it. Go ahead, my love. Absolutely. This week's bonding tip is, and our bonding tips, by the way, are sponsored by Vitacraft, the people that make those incredibly wonderful treats that I use both in the shelter and in home for training cats. And this week's bonding tip is listen to your cat. And I don't mean, you know, listen to all the meows and purrs and meow meow and stuff like that. That's important too. But listen with your eyes. You know, cats communicate with body language far more than they communicate meowing. In fact, studies have shown that cats really don't meow because they're solitary to each other. They developed that as speech to talk to us. So their much more natural way of communication is in their body language. And they communicate with every bit of their body from the tip of their nose to the tip of their tail. You know, and like the tail, let's start with the tail. If the cat is happy, that tail is straight up. A lot of times it'll have a little question mark at the end. And if a cat's kind of unsure, that tail is horizontal with the floor or lower. And a more subtle one is whiskers. You know, when the whiskers are forward, then they're excited or aroused. And when they're held back tight against their face, that means they're unsure maybe insecure or frightened with what's going on around them. And then the eyes, you know, the eyes will dilate really big when they're excited or you get that prey play toy out. And of course, in other settings, the eyes will dilate really big when they're afraid. That's a sign of fear. And when they stare, that's a sign of fear. So take time this week to study cat body language. We have a good podcast on that. And uh, you can find that on our website at catbehaviorsolutions.org. But take time to bond with your cat this week and listen to them. Really listen to them with your eyes. That's this week's bonding tip. 
That is a good bonding tip. Thank you for that, Molly. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on Mr. Crazy Steve? <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I'm really intrigued about what they were talking about, obviously, is the best in show or best in class um, thing. But um, how did they get, if he's that active, how do they, I wonder, get him out of the house and over to the shelter to show off <laughs> so oh i think it's a photo thing it's got to oh, be a, a photo thing. it's got to be a photo or video thing it, it has to be i'm pretty sure yeah you wouldn't cat cats aren't you know and then of course if he's that adventurous and they're taking him out then then there's one great answer take him out with you more you know <laughs> like we do pico we take him out and that does kind of wear him out you know when we take him out on errands and things you know, so when, I think, I think uh, it's a great thing that they have a cat that's like that and not a cat that's, you know, just very quiet and shy and tucked away and all that. Because like you said, it's a good canvas for them to kind of train the kitty for what it is that they do uh, mostly, which is maybe they go for walks and maybe the cat goes with them or maybe they go on hikes or maybe they go on drives, you know, and they've got a cat that's not scared to go do that. That's pretty uh -huh. cool. Like Pico. Right, right, right. Clicker training is is an amazing thing to do. It takes practice to get good at it so that you're actually training your cat behaviors. But, you know, as you know, Pico knows lots and lots of behaviors and amazes all of our guests with all the cool things that he does. And so he's, you know, it's, it's entertaining, if nothing else, but it does give them something to do. Because again, it's problem solving for the cat. They have to try to figure out what is it that I'm doing that's making her reward me. And, you know, when they figure that out, then, um, then they'll do more of that. So it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a positive reinforcement way, you know, like when they're scratching on the scratching post and not the furniture, then, you know, you throw a party for them and like, yeah, Yahoo. And then they'll scratch on that scratching post more because they like the party. So it's a, it's a great, 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 great tool for these really high energy smart guys. Now, Roxy um, sent us a bunch of topics. Once one was organic cat food and treats. Does it make a difference? Is it worth the extra money to buy organic cat food and treats? What do you think, Dewey? You know, I don't I don't really know. This is an area where you are really good at and I wouldn't I wouldn't even know how to answer that. Well, you know, I think I mean organic is defined, and I'm assuming it's defined the same way in the pet food industry, but you know, it's defined as the ingredients haven't been exposed to pesticides and you know, no GMOs and things like that. And you know, I always think it's it's probably better. It's probably especially for for cats because you know their bodies are are not all that different they haven't evolved all that much so the more natural we can feed them to what they eat in the wild probably the better off that cat's going to be in terms of of full roundabout health so you know everything you know, I, and i wonder eat, in in the pet food world, though, I really often wonder, because there's really not a police or patrol that watches over that. So well, is, there kinda is, is organic just an organic word that they use in their stuff, and it's no different than everything else? This is why I, I really don't have a lot of comment on it, because I don't know that 
that is the, the truth. I mean, you probably you know you research it probably. Well, yeah. So it it to to read it to you, um, organic um, food ingredients must be grown, raised, and processed without toxic pesticides, genetically modified ingredients, GMOs, and sewage sludge, which. Who even knew that you process foods with sewage sludge? That's just nasty. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, um, or uh, chemical, any kind of chemical fertilizers and, and that kind of thing. No antibiotics, you know, in the food. So, and we know that, you know, meats, eating meat like, like we do, eating beef that has you know, taking a bunch of antibiotics because they do pump a ton of antibiotics into those farm-raised animals. I mean, that that really plays havoc on our immune system and ability to fight diseases and things like that. And, and that's got to be the case, you know, for animals too. And again, anything you can do to make a cat or a dog's diet the most natural to what that species would eat in the wild, then the more healthy that's going to be for that animal. And certainly, you know, the birds and the mice and the things that they're eating outside are organic, as long as they're not poisoned mice, of course. Right. <laughs> and, right. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's probably, it probably is worth it, you know, as, as much as, you know, let's just put it this way. I wish that I ate as well as Pico does, right? <laughs> Yeah, but he eats a raw diet, and uh, I don't think you'd like that. No, but he eats a raw diet because that's what's the best species appropriate for him. You know, and, and I should be eating food that's species appropriate for me, which I'm pretty sure doesn't include goldfish crackers and sweet tarts, <laughs> right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Although Pico likes some of that, too. He doesn't like, no, it was Tabasco that ate the goldfish crackers. Pico doesn't, oh, he really doesn't bother us for our human food at all. He just likes turkey, shaved turkey, of course. But other than that, and butter, he did, he did go after my butter this morning. That's, that's the fat. He's craving the fat in the butter. So, yeah. So I'd say bottom line there. Um, yeah, probably, probably worth the money. You know, is it going to make your cat free of all illnesses and live to be 30 well who knows but um <laughs> but it can't hurt yeah so let's see let's this is a very long story um about two cats from austria lucy and kato okay so, that'll be cool austria huh That's yeah awesome. So sit sit back and drink your coffee while I read this one. It's long. okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, hi, my name is Sarah and I'm from Austria and I'm a two cat mom. Recently, I started listening to your podcast and I really love it. I'm listening to a few podcasts a day. And even if I already have some knowledge, I made a few courses in animal psychology. There's always something new for me to learn. It's incredible that you provide all the information for free and spend so much time for research. Thank you for that. Well, you're welcome, Sarah, and thank you for tuning in to Cat Talk yes, Radio. Thank you, Sarah. She says, let's start with the exciting experience I've made with my cat, Lucy. We've had Cato, our second cat, for a few months when we decided to adopt Lucy. She was very shy, and judging by her behavior, she might never never have had a single positive experience with humans. 
she was frightened and like frozen when we met her at the shelter. But that was no reason not to adopt her. Back home, she hid immediately and didn't eat or use the toilet for three days. The first month, we only saw her via webcam from another room because she didn't come out otherwise. We gave her the time and space she needed, and it paid off. After that month, she was coming out more frequently, even when we sat and waited for her a few meters away from her hiding space. We started to pray play with her, and that was the key to trust. Even though she was still very shy, anxious, and was hiding every time we moved, it was such a relief that she liked to play a few times a day. After a while, we thought it'd be a good idea to open the door to our fenced garden so she can enjoy the sunshine and green outside. But it wasn't. She found a hole in the fence and disappeared. And then we got COVID, so we couldn't go out and search for her. We were putting food outside every day, but to no effect. And then one week later, as we almost lost all hope, she shoved her head through the open door, gazing inside, came in slowly and ate some food. And I didn't know what to do. My heart was racing and my hands were shaking, but somehow we were able to entice her with a toy and close the door behind her. She's back. I've never felt that much relief before. She's like a skeleton with skin on. I think she wouldn't have survived much longer on her own. And now the sad story starts to get interesting and exciting because her behavior changed completely. She was like a different cat. I honestly had to take a closer look to be sure it was Lucy. She was no longer frightened. And when we were in the same room, she went straight under the cat tree and took naps, didn't hide as often as before, and accept snacks from our hands. The progress we made from that moment on was huge. She is sleeping next to our desks while we're working, sniffing on us while we're sitting or sleeping, looking where we're going when we're leaving the room, eating next to Kato while we're cooking, even if it's very loud in the kitchen, playing by herself with us and darting around the apartment. I was so fascinated about this behavior change that I did some research and talked to my colleagues. I found out that it isn't quite uncommon, especially young cats that lived outside before they got into the shelter have to make the experience that it's safer and more comfortable in an apartment with their new owners than outside. Have you ever heard of a case like that? I'm curious what you think about it. Okay. Well, that okay. is right. Well, we heard a we heard a similar story about that just recently. Um, where was that? Somebody had also the same kind of situation, and the cat came back one week later, and they had given up. Oh, it was uh, the folks in Colorado um, who just got a new cat, Tom and Janet's uh, son, uh, Greg. Yes. And they got a new cat, and uh, it did the same thing. It took off and. They kept putting food out, kept trying to find it, and uh, it, it finally, one week later, almost to the day, it, it did the same thing. I wonder if it has something to do with that one-week time frame that they go, okay, I've had enough, I've caught everything, I can't find anything else to eat, I think I'm okay, I'm going to go back in here. You know, I don't know, but I know that, you know, from the Missing Animal uh, Resource Network lady that I interviewed, you know, she says that most cats will stay very near home and, you know, and and not go far. And they're just terrified out there, which is why they come back skinny, um, you know, and 
they're too afraid to come back into the house. And so it really takes a lot of going out and looking for them, which clearly they couldn't do because they had COVID when this happened. And um, and she really didn't say how long it had been since she got out. You know, it was like yeah. she really didn't say how long they'd had her. She was really shy up until that time when she went out. But, you know, did they only have her? a couple weeks or did they have her months like that and then she got out i'm not real sure i do know that you know i hear so many stories and see so many cats grateful for you know comfort and you not hurting them and earning their trust and rescuing them out of a, a fearful situation but at the same time i also see that those highly fearful situations you know, our, our trauma and that trauma stays with them for the rest of their lives. It it can change an animal's personality to go through trauma. And maybe that's what this is. Maybe there was, you know, clearly there was trauma with her coming back so skinny. She, she yeah. didn't have enough to eat. And so maybe her reaction to that trauma was, you know, to, to be more comfortable in that home where she, you know, was still afraid to feel safe, but somewhere down inside, you know, nobody gave her a reason not to feel safe in that environment. So maybe she was ultimately able to feel safe, you know, after this surviving whatever trauma she faced while out there. Well, what do you think, um, you know, if you're in a, 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 you you had mentioned in the past that they have a territory, um, what is that, a mile or so that they typically will stay in? Is that is that kind of what we're talking about here? That the cats are out exploring their area. I know, like the neighbor's cat down the street. I mean, he he's out all the time, and you know, he comes back every night. And you know, it seems like you know he's kind of gotten used to his little domain. And he goes around it all day long, and then at night he comes back. Yeah, but this cat, <laughs> but yeah, but this cat hadn't been out before and was still in a strange environment. You know, well, right. our, I'm saying that uh, the cat down the street, I mean, when they first got him, did he do the same thing and then come back and, and then they let him out every day and he kind of goes and and prowls his own territory, so to speak? Yeah, no, he he certainly displayed feral cat behavior when they adopted him and they didn't see him for months after they adopted him, except from darting, you know, around trying not to be seen. And, and it was a very slow process, but I don't think they let him out for quite a while. So he had fully settled into routine. It's just like when we when we acclimate working cats to a new job, you know, we, we have people keep them contained or like the warehouse that we did at the feed bin down the street, you know, they keep the cats in for at least two weeks, preferably yeah. three weeks. And you get them used to the environment and the noises and the feeding schedule. And the cats learn that, okay, you know, even if they're not um, social with the caregivers. This is a place that I know I'm going to get regular meals and be safe and, and that sort of thing. And then they come back, right? As long as no one's trying to hurt them, they'll, they'll come back. So the fact that this cat didn't come back for a week makes me wonder too, if she got stuck somewhere. Oh yeah. That's a possibility. Yeah. Wow, that is true. I mean, yeah. Cause 
We've seen uh, the cat that was rescued that we um, fostered for a minute before the parents came from Colorado that got stuck in a hole. Yes, yes. I mean, stuff stuff like that does happen. Yep, it does. It absolutely does. And and because the cat was so, you know, so starved when it came back, I I think I think that is very possible. And, And you know, like I said species beings all beings respond to trauma differently and they can develop attachment or detachment syndromes based on surviving trauma and thankfully this one you know opted for more of an attachment you know yeah. uh, outcome from from surviving that trauma of being out on its own for for a week and and starving so that that was a good end of the story and sure she was. actually, she has several more questions that we, okay. um, well, actually let's, let's just go ahead and do one today and then we'll save the rest of all this for another episode. But okay, one question she has is love bite. Does it exist? <laughs> love bites. Uh, you know, I think so. I mean, I get those in the morning, uh, with Pico when he is, well, when I'm trying to feed him. And he gets up on the counter and he rubs up against me and he'll he'll um, uh, scratch his teeth almost like scenting my shoulder, I guess. Uh, but then every once in a while, he'll do a little little bite. And I take that as a love bite, even though I'm a little concerned he may go too far, you know, but <laughs> at the same time, I think that's kind of a love bite, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I see them like he'll bite at me when he's really riled up. You know, when he's got those huge dilated eyes and the whiskers are pushed forward and he's like, bah, you know, and he's all if if I get my hand in there, I'm going to get a bite. But that's more of a prey, prey, play bite, you know, and that's when I grab a toy or a wand toy to redirect that so that I, I don't get bit. Um, but they do scent with their teeth and some cats, I haven't seen a lot of cats do this, but a lot of cats do. And they, they'll rub their teeth on you to, to actually scent you like them. And Pico certainly does that. He, he's a, a teeth rubber and he does kind of, just like you said, he'll kind of nibble a little bit, not, not break the skin or anything hard. I, I do think it's an excitement especially because you're feeding him. You know, he's really excited. I'm going to get food. Oh, my gosh. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, <laughs> like somebody being so excited to see you, they bear hug you so hard. It cracks yeah. your rib, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I do think there are, but I do think you also have to be careful. You know, love bites are not something that you want to encourage because it can lead to, you know, them biting think of it again as we talked about cause and effect if i bite dewey and he makes me breakfast biting equals food biting equals food so i'm gonna bite more so i get fed you know so you don't want them to you know to make those connections same thing with i i bite to get your attention and then you grab the wand toy so if i'm feeling like i want to play all i got to do is come up and bite you so you got to make sure you have a little bit of time between the bite and the redirection of the energy so that they break that connection of that behavior with what they get, you know, because if you re any, any behavior that you reward or pay attention to with a cat, 
they will do more of. So you want to be careful, you know, that that it is just a love bite and it's not not leading into aggression. And and if it is frustration or pent up energy, then definitely redirect that to a more appropriate activity than biting, you know, prey playing with the wand toy or something like that, treat toss or that kind of thing. Wow, this has been great again, Molly. You're always just fantastic at these kind of things. <laughs> well, no, this is great. Thanks to our listeners for sending these in. That's been, a, it's always fun. You know, I love reading these stories. And so I keep thinking, you know, I don't know if our listeners like this format or not. You really need to email us and let us know, because if you don't, we'll stop doing it. If you'd rather us focus on a on a particular behavior, we can always do that. But I think it's fun to read these emails and, uh, you know, and and talk about these stories and share these people's stories with you because they're fascinating. They really they sure are. are. Yeah. And so anybody, anybody out there, email your story, your topic suggestion, you know, your question about your cat's behavior. Email it to me, molly at cattalkradio.com. And <laughs> this is fantastic, my love. You are just um I, I I hope people do go down this path because I love these stories. Good. Well, you can send one in too, you know. I will. <laughs> my cat, Pico, is <laughs> running up and down, clawing the windows and running through the house like a crazy kitty. <laughs> oh, I think um, it's yeah, send them to us. And and you can help support the overall work we do, too, because we do a, a lot to keep cats out of shelters, you know, with doing behavior modification programs in shelters and sharing shelters, information to their adopters and all kinds of things we, we develop to help shelters and cats in shelters and our work we do with cats in homes to keep them out of shelters and off the streets is you know, we are amassing a huge library of do-it-yourself cat behavior resources. So if you want to help us and help keep that happening, then um, please send us a gratuity donation. It's real simple. You can go to the website at catbehaviorsolutions.org and go to the store. We call it a behavior boutique and go down past all the products and then there's donation amounts you can just add to your cart and check out with your credit card, and it's super simple. But before you do that, hang on. you got to go back and do some shopping and put some more stuff in that cart <laughs> of yours. And I would say that Lick and Lab stuff that you mentioned here is really fantastic. You know, that company is amazing, been around a long, long time. And you know what? You have been able to use it to the to the max. I think you've... You uh, have shown a lot of improvement with a lot of different cats and shelters even that are shut down just by using a little bit of treat and um, it's it's been great for you. Yeah, and it's great. And we sell that and the other Vitacraft treats on our website. So yeah, pick up some of those for your cat or we make these really great, well, we don't, but we carry these really great felt uh, catnip filled toys and catnip kick sacks, which are a great thing for a cat to use when it gets a lot of that pent up energy because he grabs it and bites it and bunny kicks it. So there's lots of fun stuff in there. So do he's right. What about those bouncy ball things? Those are oh fantastic. my gosh, I love those. Those are my Somebody favorite. ordered 
11 three packs of bouncy balls, 33 bouncy balls. They're probably going to a shelter because a lot of the shelters love using the bouncy balls in the, in the shelter, but bouncy tails. And they're like a little, a little super ball, a little rubber super ball with a feather coming out of it. it it's the cats just love them and they're very entertaining. So yeah, those are fun too. We have lots of fun little things on the store and we're adding more all the time. So, uh, so yeah, check that out. And uh, follow us on social media too. That always helps us out. You know, find us on Facebook and like us and follow us on Instagram. That that always helps as well. And so we're going to keep, doing, keep this. doing this as, as long, long as, as <laughs> shelter <laughs> euthanasia is, is the, the number, number one death in cats. Death in cats. <laughs> in shelters. <laughs> Anywhere, you know, shelter euthanasia is just the number one cause of death in cats. And that's surprising to a lot of people, but it is that's true. Right. And um, right. and it's sad. And so we got to try to working hard to keep those cats out of shelters. So that statistic doesn't grow. And so I until, think you're, you're changing that one behavior at a time. Absolutely. That's our that's our motto. That's so right. until next time, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye, everybody. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat, toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.